0: Peoples of the Worldwide Federated Internet. What is good? So we're coming back to the book of Exodus chapter nine and verse 15. I wanted to say something though. I think so you can look at situations that happen and you can either see the silver lining and see the cup half empty or see the cup half full. Now I was thinking about All of the things that happened last year, people being shut down from going to work, um, people not being able to do their normal routine. And a lot of that affected people negatively. But the one thing that I think affected people positively, there is a lot more podcasts now. Now, you might say, well, how is that? How do you see that as a positive thing? Well, in this time where conversation is kind of being tailored, um, I don't know if tailored is the right word, but conversation is being forced in certain directions by tech companies for whatever their reasons are. They don't like certain things. They don't agree with certain things, whatever it is. But I think the benefit of podcast is you hear a lot of different things in podcast form that you probably wouldn't hear otherwise. And I'm actually listening. I wouldn't say fatefully, but there's a lot of new podcasts that have popped up that I'm, you know, tapping in every now and again to hear what's being said. And I actually appreciate it. So I guess we can look at that silver lining and look at the cup half full, so to speak, because I think sometimes it's good to, at least at at one point in a week, or at least several times a day is what i try try to do, I'm not always good about it, focus on good things that are happening because there is enough negative news out there. but I'm definitely appreciating some of the new podcasts that I've started listening to. So anyway, the book of Exodus chapter nine and verse fifteen, let's get into this All right. For now I will stretch out my hand that I may smite thee and thy people with pestilence and thou shalt be cut off from the earth. And in very deed for this cause have I raised thee up for to show in thee my power that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. So I think it's safe to say that the events that are playing out in Egypt or that are going to play out in Egypt are going to be spread abroad even at this time. Now, of course, we know about this, um, this event because it's recorded in the Bible. So, you know, exactly what God said was going to happen is exactly what happened. But I think it also had a practical application during this time as well. I think this this account and what happened with the people of Israel, um, the Hebrew people leaving Egypt and the plagues that happened beforehand. I think that that news was spread abroad. Verse 17. As yet exaltest thou thyself against my people that thou will not let them go. And I think this kind of lends into my my thought that Pharaoh was pretty arrogant. Uh, He thought very highly of himself and he's being humbled right now and he does not like it. He's he's fighting against this humility with everything that's in him. Verse 18. Behold, tomorrow, about this time, I will cause it to rain a very grievous hail such as have not been uh, have not been in egypt since the foundation thereof even until now send therefore now and gather thy cattle and all that thou hast in the field for upon every man and beast which shall be found in in the field and shall not be brought home the hail shall come down upon them and they shall die so here again is another plague because pharaoh does not want to let the hebrew people go his pride will not let him do it verse 20 he that feared the word of the lord among the servants of pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee unto the houses And he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servant and his cattle in the field. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch forth thine hand toward heaven that thou uh, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt upon man and upon beast and upon every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. They get ready to go through a hard time. All the cattle, all the herbs and and think about and I think I said this before, how when Joseph came into the the land of Egypt, really what he did was he blessed them because of of the interpretation of the visions. They were actually able to sustain themselves through a famine. So it's kind of crazy that the opposite is happening now. Uh, the new Pharaoh is attempting to subjugate the Hebrew people. And because of that, these plagues are being brought down and they're actually going to go through a hard time. Uh, where was I at? Verse 22. And the Lord said unto Moses, I read that one. Verse 23. And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven and the Lord sent thunder and hail And the fire ran along upon the ground, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. Uh, Verse 24. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, very grievous, such as there was none like it in the land of Egypt, since it became a nation. So they've never seen this before. This is something new. Which which would also add to the people seeing this, they'd have to come to the conclusion that, all right, this God that they serve, this God is real. Like this is not fictitious. Uh, they're not making this up because we have never seen anything like this. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast. The hail smote every herb of the field and break Every tree of the field, it destroyed everything, all the herbs, everything they were growing, all the trees, all the cattle, anything that was in the field was gone. But here's the icing on top of the cake. If you were an Egyptian during this time, you would the only conclusion you could possibly reach is the God that the Hebrew people serve is the true and living God This is stuff that we have never seen and we can't even duplicate with our magicians only in the land of Goshen where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. Okay. Now here comes Pharaoh and Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said unto them, I have sinned this time. Now, we for those of us who've read this before, we know how this this story plays out, but do you believe Pharaoh? nah, he's just trying to get out of this situation. He doesn't really care. The Lord is righteous, and my people are wicked. Now, this is true, but I don't think Pharaoh means this. Entreat the Lord for it is enough that there be no more mighty thunderings and hail and I will let I I will let you go and ye shall stay no longer and Moses said unto him as soon as I'm gone out of the city I will spread abroad my hands unto the Lord and the thunder shall cease neither shall there be any more hail that thou mayest know how that the earth is the Lord's. But as for thee and thy servants, I know that ye will not yet fear the Lord God. So he knows what's up. He knows what's getting ready to happen. And the flax and the barley was smitten, for the barley was in the air and the flax was, um, was, uh, Not exactly sure what that is. I'll have to look that up. And the wheat. And as a matter of fact, let me do that. Let me do that now. Let me stop because I didn't. This is kind of one of my freestyle sessions where I didn't really take any notes. I just decided I'm going to just jump right into it. So that word. Bold. Mm, Let's see. Am I not? B O O B O L. So, the pod or capsule of a plant as of flax, uh, a measure of six bushels is sometimes written in this manner. Okay, so reading that verse again. And the flax and the barley was smitten for the barley was in the air and the flax was booled. OK, so it's talking about how they were numbered together. All right. Verse 32, but the wheat and the rye were not smitten for they were not grown up. And Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh and spread abroad his hands unto the Lord and the thunders and the hail ceased, and the rain was not uh, poured upon the earth. And when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the, and the hail and the thunders were ceased, he sinned yet more, and hardened his heart, he and his servants. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, neither would he let the children of Israel go, but the Lord had spoken uh, as the Lord had spoken by Moses. So again, we see again and again, God gives Moses instruction. A plague comes down. Pharaoh comes to Moses. I've sinned, you know, undo this. Moses goes to God on behalf of Pharaoh. God, would you relinquish this? God relinquishes. Pharaoh goes right back into what he was doing before. Now you look at that pattern. And I I keep saying this over and over again, because as I'm reading this, I'm realizing when you, when you look at, when you look at the history of humanity, when you look at the things people do and you ask yourself, well, why would this person do this? Or why would they do that? And, And when you, when you look at even your, your, your Bible and you look at different things, people did different sins, right? Like Uh, uh, David and Bathsheba is one that's brought up often because the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. I think what you're seeing as you read your Bible, no matter how spiritual, no matter how uh, uh, heroic, no matter how noble, no matter how seemingly upright a person is, you see their wickedness on full display. Now, what does that do? It shows us our position before God. But what does that also do? Well, if you're paying attention, when you get to the New Testament and you get to the Lord Jesus Christ, we see something completely different. These are all things, as I'm reading through the Old Testament, these are all things that I'm like, man, if you really pay attention, if you you read through the whole Bible, you will come... In in my opinion, and I, I do believe this is what the Bible teaches, it's hard to come to any other conclusion than that the Lord Jesus Christ is God, just as he said, because you see a clear distinction between him and everyone else throughout the Bible and everyone else throughout history. And it's clear it's a, it's a stark difference. And I think as we read through the old Testament and read through just the Bible in general, if you're paying attention, you pick up on these things because like seeing Pharaoh, you see Pharaoh do these things back and forth. And if if, if you look at that and you put yourself in his place, we could all, we all have different weaknesses, different sins. Not, not everybody has trouble with the same things, but I'm pretty sure all of us could probably put ourselves in the shoes of Pharaoh and replace, uh, Moses coming to him and, and, you know, giving him instruction to let the people go and him going back and forth. We can replace that with some other sin, something we've had a problem with. So when you look at Pharaoh, when you look at the things he's done, it'll kind of make you look at him a little differently. Like, ah, maybe I'm more like him than I think it's a humbling realization because it brings you to the point where you realize again, all of this is centered around the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do we need a savior? You read through the old Testament. If you see these things, if you understand it in its context, you will see why we needed a savior, why we needed that great sacrifice. It's, it's really evident, in my humble opinion. Anyway, y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.